I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio from the Delaware Art Museum are the Chief Curator and Curator of American Art, Heather Campbell-Coyle, and the Curator of Contemporary Art, Margaret Winslow. Welcome, Heather and Margaret. Thank you so much, Paul. So glad that you're here to join join us today to uh, talk about uh, a, a really fascinating uh series of exhibitions that the Art Museum has been featuring over the last several months, uh, several of which will be closing uh, fairly soon, but we wanted to to get you on the air to talk about these, all related to Wilmington 1968, an initiative that I think was spearheaded largely by the Delaware Art Museum in bringing together uh, the Wilmington community to talk about uh, Wilmington 50 years after uh, a, a rather uh, contentious period in Wilmington's history, the federal troop occupation uh, for nine months following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but before we get into that, the Wilmington 1968 uh, series of events and and what that has meant for the Art Museum and the series of exhibitions you have, I just wanted to point out uh, that, that the, the Delaware Art Museum is not the art museum that your parents and grandparents knew. The the Delaware Art Museum has really been going in a, a, a new direction, which I think is, is exemplified in a banner that you have on your, your homepage of your website, delart.org. Uh, I was on there this morning before I came into the studio, and I was intrigued by the banner that's a rotating banner that goes, Art is Witness, Art is Reflection, Art is activism. Art is performance. There's a real vitality to that rotating banner, not only in the visual movement of it, but also the language that's being used. And, and, it, and I think that's what this series of exhibitions really represents as well. Uh, let's, let's get into that. Art as, is witness. Art is reflection. Art is activism. Art is performance. Uh, Wilmington 1968, a little bit about that initiative, uh, what was the impetus behind that with the Art Museum, and bringing together uh, the, the greater Wilmington community for this. I wondered if this would be something that would work at the Delaware Art Museum. So Margaret and I were talking about it, and she reminded me that it would be the 50th anniversary of the 1968 uprising and occupation of Wilmington and what an important event that is. And wouldn't it be interesting to address civil rights directly with our exhibitions um, that year? So we came up with actually a trio of shows. So we took the photography exhibition that's a traveling show, and we put together an exhibition of drawings of the Montgomery bus boycott from our own collection. Those are the two shows that I worked on. And then Margaret worked with a contemporary photographer or a contemporary conceptual artist to interpret photographs of the 1968 events in Wilmington. So in in pulling the, that exhibit together, I mean, it, it really uh, sort of uh, expands the notion of what is art. Uh, some Much of what you have in these exhibitions was originally more journalistic in nature. Could, could you speak to that and, and how that sort of shaped your pulling these exhibitions together? 
Certainly. So as Heather mentioned, that third component was a commission by the artist Hank Willis Thomas. And it's one that came together really through looking at recently rediscovered photographs that were taken by news journal photographers. And there was a great article back in the fall of 2016 celebrating that rediscovery. And as you said, these were photographs that were taken um, by photojournalists and published in the news journal articles to really look at the events in Wilmington in 1968. But the artist, Hank Willis Thomas, is interested in using those archival materials, bringing them together, bringing in another document, the Black Survival Guide, or How to Live Through a Police Riot. This was a pamphlet that's in the collection of the Delaware Historical Society. Bringing these documents together and assembling them in a way that inspires reflection on history, reflection on memory, and the kind of subjectivity that we view all historical events with. So it's the creation of a new work of art by looking at our archival historical past. Now, how has, how has pulling these exhibitions uh, sort of stretched you as, as curators? Because this is not you, the, the typical type of art that you would expect to see in, in a museum like the Delaware Art Museum. So we realized really early on, I mean, within days of having these, the beginnings of these ideas, that this was a project much bigger than the Delaware Art Museum. And that, of course, we wouldn't be the only people in Wilmington who would be thinking in 2018 about um, 1968. So we quickly got in touch with other uh, nonprofits in the community and other community leaders to put together, you know, a group. We had meetings with various community players. We worked with the Historical Society in particular very closely. We worked with the University of Delaware in order to create what was really, I think, a really rich summer and spring as well. This has been happening at least since April of commemoration about these events and conversation about these events. So it has been a a bit different. And for me, this is a literal stretch in time because I am, um, as curator of American art, I deal mostly with art up before 1960. So I stretched a little bit forward because this is history, though. It's becoming history. It's being written as history. And it's something that we realize you have to talk about before the people who experienced it are gone. And you you lose some aspects of that history. So it's been great hearing stories from our members and visitors about their experiences. Because, there, I mean, there are people living in Wilmington who, as as young adults, as teenagers, as children, experienced that uh that tumultuous period in Wilmington history. You've had conversations with some of these people. Yes, as Heather was mentioning, bringing all of these groups together meant bringing religious leaders who were active in Wilmington at that time together and providing a place, opening the space for them to so generously share their stories. The Delaware Art Museum and the Delaware Historical Society have also provided spaces for other community members to share this story, share these stories by recording their stories at the museum, inviting responses, whether it's through the Wilmington 1968 website or programs that are happening and hosted by various organizations throughout the city. 
So it's a real wonderful opportunity to gather all of these various stories and various perspectives together, whether it be someone who was at the University of Delaware at that time, or a National Guardsman, or a religious leader, or someone who was, you know, in fourth grade and has memories of what the city was like. Have you found in uh, what you've been hearing from people who experienced that, from the records you've gone through, the photographs you've gone through? I mean, I, I'm stricken by some of the photographs of of the the teenagers, the young adults, um, marching up Market Street, you know, to to sort of make their case for for uh, for their position. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about some of the more contemporary movements, the Black Lives Matter movement, for example. D- did you see any or come across or did anybody articulate any connections or parallels in these themes of, of what, you know, what Wilmington was having to, to wrestle with in 1968 and what we see in, in today's urban uh, environments? There have been responses to the striking similarities between the language that is included in the Black Survival Guide, this pamphlet mm-hmm. that is part of Hank Willis Thomas's work, and similarly cautious um, ways that individuals today have to negotiate mm-hmm. themselves through out in the public forum. So there are interesting connections between um, You know, some of those guides that were coming out in the 1960s in regards to how to live in your community and similar guides that are um, passed around today in regards to, you know, how to act during a police stop, for example, you know, a random traffic stop. And those responses are coming not only from Delaware Art Museum staff, but by individuals, visitors to the exhibition who are experiencing Hank Willis Thomas's show and reading that textual image. And not just with Hank's show. I'd really say that, you know, looking at the examples, the drawings from the Montgomery Bus Boycott and the photographs in the Danny Lyon exhibition. Certainly. So Lyon was, of course, part of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC, which was a group of college students mm-hmm. who were organizing to promote civil rights. And so those sort of movements that are important um, in college campuses today, certainly people are coming in and seeing connections. Though I've, I've often heard it actually from an older generation who's saying, well, I hope we, our young people are, are taking from this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to pursue this and, and sort of uh, explore more uh, how programming at the Art Museum has, has been shaped around these exhibitions, but first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are Heather Campbell Coyle, the Chief Curator and Curator of American Art at the Delaware Art Museum, and her colleague Margaret Winslow, the Curator of Contemporary Art. Uh, w- with these exhibitions, I, I'm intrigued with how. The arts can be used to inform a uh, social history, a political history. And, and I know there's a strong movement in arts education today about integrating the arts into other curricular areas. Could you speak to how that was a conscious or, or subconscious component 
of what you were doing, how, yeah, integrating that social history into the the art, if you will. Absolutely. One of the goals with having this trio of exhibitions uh, was to give a national context to what happened here. So thinking about the Montgomery bus boycott, which is one of the the key moments in the civil rights movement that makes it into everybody's history books and history classes, but to see how you know, an artist's interpretation of it. The artists particularly went down there because they weren't seeing photojournalism of this event in newspapers. They were reading about it, but maybe, you know, photographs of people walking weren't that interesting. Um, So certainly thinking about how artists engage with their present. And these artists also knew they were witnessing history, absolutely. The same with Danny Lyon, that there's very, you know, conscious historical component. And certainly when we hung the shows and when we've toured the shows, we really haven't focused as much on how beautifully cropped is this photograph or what an incredible drawing this is graphically. We really have focused, and this was a very conscious decision, on the social history and on linking a national social history with local experience. So our um, head of interpretation, Amelia Wiggins, also went to local leaders um, in the com- local community leaders and had them write responses to Danny Lyons' photographs to link up what they're seeing there with what they experienced during the civil rights movement. And I'll add, too, that we had just a a wonderful fellow at the museum last summer, Simone Austin, who just finished her graduate work at the University of Delaware. She served as our Alfred Appel Jr. curatorial fellow, and she examined that social history in great depth. And the result of her work is an over 200-page source book that complements the exhibitions. And it reproduces photographs from that period, the various declarations that were coming, proclamations that were coming, coming out from the governor's office. It reproduces political posters at that time and letters that were written both in support of the National Guard occupation and against the occupation. It reproduces newspapers as well. So it aims to give a thorough look, an in-depth look at that social history and share so many of those archival materials that may or may not be readily available today in print form. Simone's research also influenced the installation of uh, all of the exhibitions because we put in a big timeline, realizing that mm-hmm. that was a huge part of what she produced for the book that we then that then went onto the Wilmington 1968 website that we then transferred into the gallery because we realized people needed to understand sort of the chain of events. Mm-hmm. Now, I know part of the evolution of the art museum in, in recent years is sort of expanding the uh, – the genre of programming that you have. And I know throughout the past several months, you've had a number of performance art uh, programs. Could you speak to how you have used that to sort of accentuate what you're presenting in the visual exhibitions? Certainly. So as as we all know, um, artists today are working in a variety of different forms. And the museum is really supporting that multidisciplinary creative practice. And it's been a great opportunity to support artists who are thinking back on this history from 1968. We've brought in artists who are thinking through this material in a storytelling role. We had Tahira and the musician Jay Street Jr. interpret this material. 
And coming up on Sunday, September 16th, Terrence Fan and the choreographer Ashley S.K. Davis will present their interpretation with an event titled Uprising, Remembrance, Resistance, Revival. And it shows the various ways that artists working in the visual arts and the performing arts can interpret interpret historic events and present them to audiences. And the response has been wonderful. There's a lot of audience engagement, and there are opportunities for the audience to respond and to share their stories as well. Now, in addition to that, could you just uh, sort of uh, list the the exhibitions that are focusing on the 19, uh, Wilmington 1968? I know they're, they're closing fairly soon, but there's still some time for our listeners to uh, come uh, visit the Delaware Art Museum. So... Danny Lyon, Memories of the Southern Civil Rights Movement and the Montgomery Bus Boycott Drawings by Harvey Dinnerstein and Burton Silverman are two exhibitions in our large exhibition space, and they both close on September 9th, 2018. The third exhibition, Black Survival Guide, or How to Live Through a Police Riot, which is the work of Hank Willis Thomas that Margaret talked about earlier, closes on September 30th. So you have some more time to come experience that show. Great. We, we have a few minutes left, so I, I'd like to turn in the direction now of your audiences. Uh, I would imagine that this programming, which is so uh, comprehensive and, and really exciting, has, has drawn in new audiences, uh, audiences that are not your traditional art museum attendees. Is that, is that fair to say? I think that is fair to say. We haven't really analyzed the the results yet, mm-hmm. but it certainly does seem to be drawing people, mm-hmm. engaging people, and bringing in some new people who told me they haven't been to the Delaware Art Museum or that they hadn't been in a long time. Now, what is some of the reaction response that you've been getting to either the performances or the exhibitions themselves? The response has just been... Amazing. Uh, Just really strong response to the museum's support and nurturing of conversation and critical engagement with a very local history, but also looking at critical social issues on a national scale. We have Heather mentioned the timeline. There's also an invitation for visitors to that gallery to add their own thoughts, and memories, and that timeline is covered with post-it notes from visitors who are either sharing their own responses, um, really applauding the Delaware Art Museum and all of these institutions for looking back at this history, or sharing their own thoughts about how that history relates to what is happening today. We're seeing tremendous attendance in the programs as well. And what it supports is not only engagement with the particular events or programs that we're hosting, but engagement across individuals. It's supporting conversation among all of those attendees, and we see that they're taking it out into their communities, to their religious organizations, or the other institutions that they support across the city of Wilmington. And and again, as I introduce the topic today, I I think how this— uh, series of exhibitions and performances um, sort of illustrate the art museum's direction to present art as witness, as reflection, as activism. I, I think is really, really quite compelling and 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 quite a a, a great achievement. 
Uh, in the couple minutes we have, uh, why don't we uh, look to the future a little bit? What uh, With these exhibitions closing, what are some of your upcoming exhibitions? So this fall, the Delaware Art Museum will be celebrating its long history of supporting contemporary craft. We've been doing that almost since the start of the Delaware Art Museum. And we've supported it through exhibitions and through acquisitions. So this fall, we will host a juried craft exhibition. It opens on Saturday, October 20th. And I encourage our listeners to come see it. You'll see the various ways that artists are approaching contemporary craft today, the various materials that they're using, and the various themes and subject matters that they're taking on through that form. Now, when you talk about craft, what's some of the variety? That's a great question. So we'll have everything from jewelry, installation, contemporary furniture, wood turning, fabric arts. It's a, just a wonderful variety of artists working in that genre. Mm-hmm. Great. Also, uh, particularly of local interest, uh, this, this fall, actually, September 8th, the opening of our show of work from the, we got from the Hotel DuPont collection. Mm. So last spring, spring of 2017, um, the Hotel DuPont collection was off, uh, works from that collection were offered to various institutions in the area. We accepted 13 of them. A wonderful collection of work by regional artists, work that is familiar to many people from having hung in the green room and the Brandywine room. And we were able to conserve all this work thanks to a generous grant from the Bank of America Art Conservation Project. So this well, is that's, going up. that's great. So, so, so much to see in the next few weeks before the Wilmington 1968 exhibitions uh, close and some great opportunities coming up in the fall. Uh, Margaret and Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us, Paul. Thanks, Paul.